You're listening to Two Smart Assets with Chris Thompson and Danny Nichols. This is your source for passive investing and real estate syndications. It's time for us to gain knowledge and take action. So let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. This is the Two Smart Assets Podcast. I am your host, Danny Nichols, here once again with my co-host, the infamous Chris Thompson. Hey, what's going on, Dan? It's good to see you, bud. It's good to see you too, man. Uh, it's a great day. Had another great episode this week. Go ahead and tell the listeners what we're talking about today. Okay, awesome. So today we had a conversation with Colin Plackey. Uh, Colin is an oil and gas professional with a passion for real estate. And we also talked a ton about his journey starting out in real estate to where he is today and how he was able to find stability in investing in real estate to offset that boom and bust cycle uh, of the oil and gas. Uh, We also talked about how he helps uh, busy professionals new in investing kind of get over those initial fears. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of stuff that we touch on this episode, we can relate to personally. And then I also mm-hmm. think that our listeners are going to, they're going to be able to take away a lot from this. So very excited about it. But uh, first, just want to give a shout out to all our listeners. We really appreciate you tuning in. And if you haven't done so already, please make sure to subscribe to the show and leave us a rating and written review. It really helps us grow the podcast, attract more guests, and ultimately provide better information for everyone listening. And if you're a passive investor or looking to get into passive investing, then head over to our website at twosmartassets.com. There you can grab our guide for passive investing in apartment syndications. This is a great introduction to the world of passive investing in apartment syndications, so make sure to check that out. Also, grab our apartment syndication sample deal. This is going to help you get comfortable with looking at this type of investment. So when the real opportunities come your way, you'll be ready. And if you have any questions about what's in either of these resources, Drop us a line anytime on our website's contact us page, or you can message us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. We're posting some great content on there, so make sure to follow us and start connecting. All right, now that we have that out of the way, let's jump into the show. Hey, everybody. Today's guest is Colin Plackey. Colin is a petroleum engineer with over 10 years' experience in various roles within the oil and gas industry. After experiencing the volatility of the energy industry firsthand, he was drawn to the stable income and tax benefits of real estate investing. After building a portfolio of large multifamily assets, Colin started the Rigs to Real Estate community to help other oil and gas professionals utilize real estate to smooth out the volatility of the oil and gas industry. Colin, it's great to see you, man. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. We're, uh, we're pumped for this one. And actually, I've been looking forward to uh, this conversation for quite a while now. This is going to be the uh, first show we've had with a fellow oil and gas professional. So uh, I think uh, we can definitely relate on many topics, but especially on what we'll be talking about today. And, you know, for oil and gas professionals, it's common knowledge that, you know, we work in this line, uh, this industry really of just volatility, you know, ups and downs. Um, It just comes with it. But it's funny that, you know, even being fully aware of that situation, you know, the ups and downs of volatility, uh, there's still some some reoccurring issues that come with it. And and the one thing that that we know as, uh, you know, as oil and gas professionals is a the one thing being um, financial stability, or should I say financial instability, really. So, um, you know, <laughs> I know when things are going good for an oil and gas professional, at least from what I've seen, you know, things are going well, let's go out and buy some toys, right? Because people are making pretty good money. Hey, you know, you get in the boat, you get in the car, yeah. you get in the house. I mean, because the money's flowing in and times are good. But, you know, av- after going through a couple cycles, a couple ups and downs, you see that that's pretty common. But what also is common is, is as soon as it turns the other way, people are selling stuff, you know, I mean, it's Mm -hmm. cut, 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 cut. And 
And the big deal is, is there's never really any level levelness. Like it's always just up and down. And you would think after so many cycles or whatever, you would get in your mind, maybe let's find a way to, to make this better. So, you know, what's, what's a way to level this out? So that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. So let's just jump into it. I know you have a great story about, you know, how you got started in real estate and, you know, a lot of oil and gas professionals can really relate to that. So let's hear about, let's hear about that. And let's also talk about, you know, the issue involving this living, you know, boom to bust and, you know, what are some ways of mitigating that risk? Yeah, for sure. I mean, to kind of unpack what you were saying there, there's uh, how I explain it to people outside of our industry is there's something called the oilman's prayer. And you're probably familiar with this. It's Lord, grant me one more oil boom. I promise not to screw this one up. Right. And it's so fitting for this time that we're in right now. There's a lot of Denali's and Malibu wakeboard boats that are in impound lots right now because guys were just buying the wrong things when times were good. And um, it's not a new quote. The woman's prayer has been around. It was a bumper sticker in the eighties in Dallas, right? So this is, you know, 50 plus years that this saying has been around. That's two generations of oil field professionals. And we still don't learn these lessons. You know, we're still living from boom to bust. And, and, you know, um, I'm glad that there's people like myself and you that are out there coaching and, and mentoring and, and really trying to get that, that education and that motivation to like, Hey, you know, there's steps you can take, when times are good to help smooth out the bad times, you know, and that's exactly, you know, what I've done. And it started, you know, with me personally, um, it started with a bad time. I lost my job in 2015 in that downturn. Um, I was out of work for about three months. And, you know, during that time I was using, uh, stock investments that I had saved up. I thought I was doing well putting money aside in the stocks and, and everything like that. But when I sold those investments, those that capital's gone, right? And then I owe taxes on that, uh, you know, pretty steep capital gains taxes. And that's just trying to keep the lights on when the income dries up, right? So I was like, man, there's got to be a better way than this. And I didn't really realize it at the time, you know, that there is a better way. But I just kind of had that lesson learned. And then, you know, the other thing of oil and gas, you know, you're so dependent on that income. I was out of work for three months. I was watching my savings dwindle down. It was a Thursday and I got a call um, from a company that I had interviewed with a few weeks ago and they said, hey, we've got a job for you. It's in Midland, Texas. I was living in Denver at the time. They said, it's in Midland, Texas. Uh, we're not going to provide any relocation assistance. And I said, I'll see you Monday. Like that was a Thursday and I said, I'll see you Monday. <laughs> so I'm, I'm literally packing my stuff over the weekend, kissing me, my fiance goodbye, driving down the Midland because you know, I was early in my career. I thought that's what you had to do in the oil and gas industry, right? You roll with the punches, you go work where the work is. And, you know, removing myself from that, you know, it's funny to think of it back then. Um, you know, I thought that was my only option, right? So uh, obviously, you know, I learned that lesson that the stock market wasn't my friend when my income dried up. And, um, you know, also that dependency, I didn't want to have that dependency on one source of income anymore. And, you know, uh, I did what everybody did. I had that kind of slap in the face moment and I did nothing about it, you know? So I went back to work in the oil industry, eventually moved back to Denver, kind of got lulled back into, you know, that work and play, um, kind of, you know, just easy uh, to do ebb and flow. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, honestly, I probably would have stayed in that state had it not been for another slap to the face. And this one, just like a long story short, do you remember when the Powerball was like $2 billion? Yeah, sure. 
Yeah. Um, we all do. Cause you guys are probably having the same conversations. I was like me and some buddies were sitting around. We're talking about like, you know, what outlandish things we can buy with, you know, billion dollar lump sum, you know, what Ferrari will drive on what day of the week, that type of thing, except for a buddy of mine, uh, was just sitting in the corner punching numbers on his phone's calculator. And he spoke up and what he said, you know, would forever change the trajectory of my life. He said, with that billion dollar lump sum, I can buy 20,000 apartment units that will cash flow $7.5 million per month after expenses for the rest of my life. And he was like, I can live off that income. And we're all sitting like, like what? Yeah. Where did that you know, come from? You know, we're talking about yachts, uh, you know, what G4 we want to fly or anything <laughs> like that. And, um, you know, he is a real estate investor. He has a bunch of single family houses that he's bought since like 2011. He understands, right? And even a billion dollars hitting his bank account doesn't change the way he invests. Like think of the power behind that. You know, a lot of people will change everything about their lives if they got a billion dollars. Whereas he's like, no, I'll just keep doing the same thing just at a bigger scale. And so that to me, you know, I was like, man, let's talk. Like, tell me about real estate. And he became my mentor um, and kind of the, the rest is history um, as far as, you know, getting started in real estate. And that, that brings us to, you know, where I'm at today. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a, that's quite the story. And I think it's, it's so important, uh, you know, some of the things that you said in there kind of would touch back on uh, the dependency on one source of income, you know, that, that's for a lot of people, that's just how it is. Right. And mm -hmm. you see mm -hmm. in the oil and gas industry, it's very prevalent in the oil and gas industry and uh, it, it's dangerous because of the volatility, you know, within that industry. So it, it, that's, that's, it's definitely an issue. And, you know, obviously we're going to touch on that today and, and we're going on that. Uh, but one thing that I want to focus on is that turning point for you. You know, you, you had somebody in your, in your group basically um, that was like, Hey, no, no, no. I got a different mindset. You know, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, thinking about it a different way and it turned on this light bulb for you. And I think the, the takeaway for me from that is, you know, surrounding yourself, you know, with the right people. It's kind of, you know, as soon as you heard that, you're like, oh man, hold up. I got to change something real quick. And then you shifted, you know, you took that shift and you're like, listen, I'm going to make a change for the better. And I'm going to take this and I'll run with it. And here you are today, right? I mean, you've created a, yeah. a, a great community and, and all of that stuff. So I think that, that, that turning point and also having that mindset as of, you know, uh, more of like the investing side instead of just taking your money and just burning it on toys and all this other stuff. I think that's, that's, that's definitely massive. So uh, let's, let's, let's go back and dive into a little bit more of your story real quick. So you're only gas and you know, you're wanting to smooth out the, you know, the volatility. Tell us about some of those real estate investments you made and kind of uh, what they look like. Yeah, sure. So um, I got started where a lot of people will get started and that's single family. And, you know, that's probably for two reasons. Number one, the vast majority of education out there and, uh, you know, information online and learning materials and stuff like that is focused on single family. It's just a bigger uh, ocean that people play in. And the other part of that was, you know, I just had this kind of comfort level with one door at a time, you know, taking things slowly, if you will. Um, you know, looking back and all the growth that I've done over the past couple of years, uh, it's kind of funny, like that to me today is a red flag. Like if it's in my comfort zone, I'm not doing it today. But back then I was like, you know, I just want to do one house at a time. Um, and so I did that, you know, I started with uh, the good old Burr method for you um, people that follow bigger pockets. That's the buy rehab uh, refinance repeat and started with single family houses doing that, bought a house in Fort Worth and numbers wise, it was a home run, but you know, it was an extensive rehab. 
there, uh, you know, at any given day I was fielding calls, you know, trying not to field them at work. I was scheduling things outside of work hours, but you know, if my contractor calls and, um, I need to answer it, you know, I was fielding that call at, at work for two months. It was, you know, contractors, property management, um, you know, title attorneys, you name it. I'm dealing with it cause I'm the guy, right? Single family. You're the guy it's lone wolf. Right. right. And, um, I realized, you know, in order to reach my goals, I was going to have to have somewhere between 50 to 60 single family houses, uh, which is perfectly doable. There's a ton of people that have done that. However, for my particular situation, being a busy professional, having a W2 job that I needed to focus on, um, it wasn't going to work for me. You know, it was two and a half months of fielding calls um, and kind of, you know, a distraction from my full-time job. And you have to admit, like, that would be the ultimate irony, right, is I lose my job because I'm trying to build up stability for my job, right? For like sure. I love what I do. I don't want to leave this industry. Right. Um, this is all about, you know, just creating stability to where I can enjoy my job, my industry, my peers a lot better knowing I have that kind of comfort. So, uh, you know, I, I don't want to make this story too long, but basically I went from single family into multifamily because, um, you know, you, you just get more efficiency, more scale. There is, it's easier to get more houses for the same amount of work, if that makes sense. And I quickly went from single family to large multifamily transactions, you know, 85 unit plus. Uh, typically, we don't look at things below 100 units at this point. And really, um, kind of the, the thought process behind that is it's no longer a one-man show at that point. You know, 100 units or more, I've got anywhere from three to eight partners taking that down. And we play off each other's strengths. You know, um, there's things that I'm terrible at that they're great at and vice versa. And we just kind of, you know, pool our value together to take down these bigger deals and sure, you're getting, you know, a, a small piece of the pie, but it's a very large pie. Mm -hmm. You know, these are 10 to $40 million deals. And um, the scalability, the efficiency, and everything behind multifamily is why I ended up making that switch. So today, you know, I've got a portfolio of around, um, and I, I did start passively investing first. I should say that, um, you know, I kind of dipped my toe by passively investing, learning the business, and then started finding figuring out like where I could provide value to the general partnerships to get on the active side. So today I'm sitting at roughly 560 units for passive investments and about 430 for um, active investments. And actually we just got under contract for another 267 um, coming up. So, you know, we've got a lot of things in the works right now as well. That's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations on that. Uh, you know, uh, sounds like you're making some big moves there and, and you're talking about, you know, scalability. It sounds like you've, uh, you know, you've made some moves relatively quickly too, uh, with that scaling with the multifamily. Uh, the, a couple things I want to touch on real quick is, uh, you know, talking about kind of backtrack, you're talking about, you know, your comfort zone, you recognize something like, Oh, maybe I'm feeling a little too comfort comfortable right now. Red flag immediately goes off. Hey, you know, we need to change something here. And I've kind of felt something similar over the past, you know, year or so it's like, Hey, if I'm really uncomfortable with something, I need to go do that immediately. Like, it's just one of those totally. red flags. Yeah. Like, Hey, you know, I'm uncomfortable. Let's go do this. And so that's kind of what started us on our real estate investing journey too, was like, Hey man, whatever we're doing isn't working the way we want it to. So we need to change something. Right. And then, you know, as soon as you start doing that, you feel that resistance and you're like, Oh, I don't, I don't know if this is going to work, but you know, the mindset shift being like, as soon as you feel that, you have to do it. You know, it's a, yeah, that's where you, you grit your teeth and, and push even harder. Right. I mean, all the growth, all of your personal growth, both financially and personally 
happens outside of your comfort zone. And, you know, there's a lot of people that can attest to that. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, absolutely. 100%. And another thing that I want to touch on too is it, it and I relate so much to it is, and I, I know Chris does too, but you know, you're talking about, you know, you work in this job in the oil and gas industry, you started out in single family and you're basically trying to do this on your own. Like I said, you're the lone wolf. So here you are, you're basically have created yourself a second job, right? And the, the one thing that I know about, at least my experience in the oil and gas industry, and I know it's similar for you as well, is that you work a ton. I mean, usually, I mean, you're just it's work. It's a lot of work, man. And so, you know, creating that second job, especially if you're all over the country, you know, you're out in the oil field or wherever, it makes it, it makes it really tough. You know, what's going to happen when you start investing, you can either take that active side or you can, you know, take that passive side. So I think that's a, a lot of people that I've spoken with in, in the oil field that I talk to, cause you know, when you're out there in the oil field, you're spending, you know, days at weeks, you know, with the same people. And so you get to, you get to, you know, really know, these people. And, uh, I think that, um, it, it's crazy cause you end up talking to them and learning a lot about them. But, um, the one thing that I want to talk about is, is, you know, for those people who are really worried about getting started in, in real estate investing and, you know, getting that second job, like, Hey, you know, I don't, I don't have time for that. Well, what do you say to them? You know, how do they, how can they actually get started in, you know, multifamily passive investing? Like, how do I even get started in that? What would you say to that, that busy professional? Yeah, I mean, if, if it's a busy professional with kind of a higher net worth, the answer is pretty easy, right? Focus on what you do for your number one income source and 2x that or 3x that, right? Um, and if you want exposure to real estate, then invest passively, you know, in these bigger, more efficient projects and you're investing with professional experienced, in, uh, you know, investment teams on the general partnership. Um, so that's always my first suggestion, you know, whether it's, someone in the oil and gas industry or doctors or lawyers, like your time is better spent on your number one income source and increasing that income source. And if you want exposure to real estate, which a lot of people do at that, at that point in their, in their kind of wealth travels, um, do it, do so passively. Now, if you uh, don't have, you know, access to a lot of capital, but you've got a lot of hustle, you can get started right away in single family, build up that net worth. And if you want to go passive after that, that's great. If you want to go active in, in uh, multifamily after that, you've got that route as well. Um, but the key is just getting started. And, you know, it's impossible to ride a bike standing still, you know, and a lot of people are trying to do that, right? They sit in this, this stage of analysis paralysis um, where they're analyzing things to death of whether or not they should get involved. And, and they think they have to have all the money, all the education, all the time to start. And really, you know, I, pe I know people that are very successful that only have one out of those two things. And if you have two out of those two things, there's no excuses. You need to get started today, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, what I've noticed is, is, you know, the people that we, that I talk to in the, in the oil and gas industry, most of them, uh, at least the ones that I've been around, a lot of them, they don't have any interest in investing. And if they do, uh, it's pretty low. And I'm talking about investing in general. So that, you know, that could be stocks or real estate, kind of what you mentioned before, you know, you started in stocks. Same with me. I started in stocks. It was just, it was just one of those things, how we started. It was easy. You could just dump some money into it and uh, make a little bit off that. But you know, when we talk to, when I talk to a lot of these guys, 
you, like I said, you spend a, a lot of time with them. So you learn, uh, you learn, you know, about their lives, maybe a little too much about their lives. Let's just be honest. <laughs> and, and then, you know, um, but it's just kind of one of those things, but you have a couple people who are interested, right? And you want to be able to tell them how to do these things. So we encourage them to do things like get educated, you know, reach out, especially if you're going to go into passive. Cause like you said, you could do something active in single family, but we really are advocates of, you know, people who are away from home or away from work for two weeks to a month at a time, maybe more, right? Depending, maybe you work offshore or maybe, you know, you're yeah. international. So we really advocate for education and, um, and items like that. So one question that I have for you is how did you get started in becoming familiar with, you know, the passive role? What is it, you know, maybe podcasts, books, conferences, what, what was that? What was that like for you? Yeah, a lot of it was networking. And when I found out, you know, about the 85 unit and plus and bigger apartment complex space, and I found out that it was a team sport, not a, um, you know, kind of a lone wolf type of deal. Part of that team is the limited partners. And honestly, it was the, it was the first place that I could add value. I could get a great return on my money while also receiving an education, right? So Jim Rohn says, if you want to provide value to people, or if you want to be valuable, provide value to valuable people. And so that's what I did. I mean, by investing passively with guys that have 10, 20 years of experience and half a billion dollars worth of assets under management, you're rubbing elbows with the right people at that point, you know, and, and you're getting your foot in the door. And then after that, you can figure out how to add value. Uh, if you want to go on the active side. Now, a lot of people just want to stay on the active side or on the passive side. And that's great too. Um, you know, whichever, whichever fits, um, is the way you, you should go after it. And also to, to go back to your thing about, uh, you know, talking to oil field people and some just aren't interested. That is a struggle I've had. Um, you know, especially with rigs to real estate, you know, getting, getting people to listen to me. And I, I stopped beating myself up about it. And, and here's what I tell myself. The coast guard has a saying that we can only rescue people who swim to us, right? So they're in a helicopter, they're hovering over a capsized boat in a storm. They've got limited fuel. If you don't swim towards them and help save yourself, they've got to turn around. They've got fuel. They've got other lives on board that they need to focus on. And that's, that's really how I've approached Riggs Real Estate is, you know, I, I'm not swimming after people that, that aren't, uh, you know, willing to listen to what I have to say. I'm not going to spend my time on that. My time and energy is better spent um, really developing the relationships for people that, you know, get this, understand it, understand that there's a bigger picture than just the oil field income. And those are the people that I, you know, really focus on. And I can no longer waste energy on, you know, people who aren't swimming towards me. And, you know, maybe they drown, maybe not, but eventually they'll swim towards you if, if, uh, right. if it's right for them. And if not, you know, I'm not going to beat myself up about it. I like to let it be known, you know, around the people that I hang out with, whether it be at work or wherever, you know, they, people have a, a general idea of what I do, you know, I like religion or politics. Like I'm not trying to jam it down your throat. I'll, I'll float it. If you want to hear more, you know, we can talk as much as you want about it. Uh, but of those, of those people that you do find that you run into like in your daily life uh, at work or whatever, are the people who are, are interested, what are some of the, like the concerns that they have or questions that they might have about, what to expect or what you even have going on. Yeah. So a lot of times it's just the first time they've ever heard it. Right. So I don't want to bombard them with a bunch of numbers like, yeah, I get great double digit returns. Let me tell you about the tax benefits and start just piling on all these, you know, features. I don't want to be the sham wow guy and be like, but wait, there's more. <laughs> right. Um, 
So yeah, I just I approach it real casually. I say, hey, here's what I've been doing to smooth out the industry, um, you know, the ups and downs. It's worked really well for me. It's working well for a lot of other people. You know, we can get on a call later and, and talk about how it really works, but just know, um, you know, that's that's kind of what I have going on. The second fear is that it's not, uh, you know, kind of mainstream stock market. And, and by all means, it should be, right? When you, when you look at the asset allocation of wealthy families across the nation, they don't have 80, 90, 100% of their net worth in stocks like, like W-2 um, you know, middle-class workers do. If you really look at it, they have 60 to 70% of their stuff wrapped up in businesses and cash-flowing entities and in a lot of real estate. And they're not out there investing in that real estate on their own, right? They are investing passively with people who they trust, who are experts and have experience in that industry to, uh, you know, kind of be custodians and stewards of those investments. And what I'm trying to tell them is I'm literally doing the same thing at a much smaller scale than, you know, these 100, 200, $300 million family offices. Um, but it's, it's, I'm trying to accomplish the same thing. And that is, having the asset allocation to mimic the wealthiest families in the U S and if you do that long enough, you will eventually get there. Good advice. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. The one, since we're on the topic of concerns right now, the one thing that I've noticed recently is, uh, and this is, I think a concern for, for most people at this point, but we're in, we're in uncharted territory here with all the, you know, the things that are going on. And uh, so, you know, I've talked to a lot of people uh, in the oil and gas industry because at this point, most of my friends are in the oil and gas industry. Right. Uh, but just in general, talking to them and they're, that, you know, they have concerns, kind of what you just mentioned and, you know, what Chris was talking about. But the one that I've noticed recently is that, you know, hey, you know, um, I mean, they might have some capital on the sidelines. They might have, you know, set themselves up correctly for a downturn and all that stuff. Uh, but they're thinking to themselves, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know if I want to invest right now because things are kind of crazy. So what do you say to somebody who's, who, who, who's kind of sitting on the sidelines being like, you know what, I'm going to ride this thing out and see what it looks like. Cause the one thing that I have noticed is, is that activity is starting to pick back up, right. In terms of investing, you know, we're seeing as passive investors, we're seeing more deals come across our desk. So what do you say to somebody, uh, oil and gas professional or not, you know, who's kind of just waiting this out to see what happens? Yeah. I mean, for that, like, I just turned to experts, right? This isn't my opinion. This is what experts are publishing. And it is that cash flowing real estate and gold are going to be the two safe havens going forward. I mean, we've printed more money in the last seven months than we have in the past seven years. And that hasn't gone to, you know, a lot of people say like, oh, there's no inflation, you know, uh, consumer goods aren't inflating. And no, they're not because all that money has gone to inflating the stock market. Companies are buying back their own stocks, you know, speculating in their own stocks. Um, the government's paying off awful debt from 2009 still that, you know, is all circulating and churning in the system and all these asset prices are inflating. But there's one thing that doesn't pop when the bubble does, and that's rents. And, you know, your rents may go down. In the housing crisis in 2008, this was because of housing Rents went down, you know, in some markets, they were low double digits. Many markets, it was high single digits, right? So uh, if your commercial multifamily asset is based on your rents and your income, the value of that asset is based on your rents and your income, and your rents don't dip as much as, uh, you know, a single family house or the stock market, you're going to ride out that storm. And on the upside of that storm uh, is really where all the value is at, right? So if we're on five, seven, 10 year holds for these apartment buildings, we can wait out 
out these storms. If we have long-term debt, we don't need to refinance. We can wait out a storm and we don't have to sell if the timing isn't right. So we just wait for the timing to be right and we can capture that value then. So in the meantime, you're still making eight to 12% cash on cash. And you know, meanwhile, your peers in 2009, the Dow was down 54%. Single family homes had four and a half percent, not delinquency, but um, they were, you know, four and a half percent of the single family homes were being foreclosed on. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. multifamily only 0.4%. So 90% less than single family and way, way less than what you would have lost in the, in the stock market as well. Yeah, those are some great points. And we tend to tell people the kind of, kind of the same stuff, you know, it's like, especially in these syndications, you're investing passively in syndications, you know, surrounded with individuals who, who have experience and they have a great record. But at the same time, these aren't, you're not flipping this, this apartment complex overnight. You know, it's one of those things like we're holding this, we're going to be able to pretty much ride out most storms, you know, and, and, you know, you might see some sort of, you know, vacancies increase because, you know, rents, you know, just things that are going on in the economy, but this is not a, this is a long-term hold. This is not a short-term hold. So I think that uh, that's a great point that we tend to try to make over and over again, especially the people who are, who are new to this, who, who might be like on the fence. So, but, you know, I got to be honest with you, man, I could sit here and talk about this all day with you, Colin, <laughs> for sure. It's been a great conversation, but you know, before we run out of time, we want to shine a spotlight on you. So tell us just what you have going on. Yeah. So um, I've actually got a podcast coming out. By the time this airs, it should be live on iTunes. It's going to be called the Riggs Real Estate Podcast. So again, just telling stories of oil and gas professionals who have used real estate to smooth out the ups and downs of our industry, telling those stories because, you know, I feel like the more oil and gas professionals hear those stories, see those successes and know that like, you know, if their peer or colleague could do it, that they can do it too. And it will, you know, motivate, educate, uh, those people to get started down the right path as well. So um, keep a lookout for that podcast, the Riggs Real Estate Podcast. If not, find me on uh, LinkedIn, on Facebook, Colin Plackey. Um, also, we have a Riggs Real Estate um, group on LinkedIn as well. So hit that with a follow. And, um, you know, we got a lot of things working for us. Yeah, that, that's fantastic. And uh, congratulations on the podcast, man. We can't wait to hear that. That's going to be a, that's going to be pretty awesome. So we can't wait till that drops. Uh, do you have a date for that? You know, when that's going to drop sometime in the next two weeks. Awesome, so man. I don't awesome. have a date yet. Yeah. I'm waiting on uh, approvals right now, but right definitely want to get you guys on the show as well. Cause you know, we just carry this conversation on over there. As well. Oh man. Appreciate that. That's gonna be a great time. And also for our listeners, we want to encourage everyone listening to join the real estate, the rigs to real estate community on LinkedIn. It's LinkedIn or Facebook, correct? You got them on both. Yeah, it's definitely, it's bigger presence on LinkedIn. Okay. Um, but you know, it's a great community on both. And really the goal there is just like I said, getting more of this content out in front of uh, people and peers in our industry and really just fighting that, you know, getting that message across of we don't have to live from boom to bust anymore. We can build wealth through assets that aren't based on commodity prices or the stock market. And here's how we do it. Yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic group. We're a part of the group and, you know, it's a great community there. So we definitely encourage our listeners to, to join and, and check that out for sure. But uh, so just to, just to recap real quick, what is the best way for our listeners kind of to reach out to you and contact you if they need to? Is there anything besides LinkedIn or? Yeah, there's a, the, so there's um, rigs to real estate.com. Okay. And, you know, 
you can find me there and, and on, on LinkedIn as well. That's, that's really the best spot. Okay, cool. We'll make sure to put all that stuff in, in the show notes so our listeners can reach out and get a hold of if they need to, and then also check out your content. But, uh, you know, Colin, it's been great having you on the show. We really appreciate uh, you taking the time to speak with us. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, uh, to our listeners, uh, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. Head over to iTunes to subscribe to the show. And while you're there, we really appreciate you leaving a rating and written review. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear on the show, connect with us on social media or through our website at twosmartassets.com. We look forward to speaking to each and every one of you. Talk to you soon.